We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Dynasty trade strategy, that is the topic of today's show as we answer some Rotoviz Overtime community listener questions that have been submitted to us, Sean. I always like getting these in. We're getting more and more. Sometimes it can be a little bit tricky keeping, getting, making sure we get them into the shows. Uh, we love getting them in though, and getting the topics from different people, having different questions about how to manage their team, how to you know try and manage in their league, depending on the situation and, and things like that. So fun questions I, i'll add it in as a reminder at the start if you do have any questions or topics you want to hear on some upcoming rotoviz overtime podcast you can send them my way on twitter at overtime ireland or you can send them via overtime ireland at gmail.com or rotoviz radio at gmail.com we'll use the best ones on some of the upcoming shows but sean dynasty time we're starting to you know continue with our team management i know again i mentioned this last week where you 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 kind of give a little bit away last week we we did trade away alexander madison and our dynasty reimaginators team but we're going to be a reanimator sorry we're going to be talking about that in an upcoming show probably next week but sean dynasty time we're going to dive in we're going to look at trading for some young players and i know sean nothing probably gets you more excited in the dynasty side of things more than trying to acquire those young talented players and get them on your roster yeah i mean dynasty trades probably the most fun part of the fantasy football season as you mentioned this there are lots of great teams out there that are available as orphans at the ffpc you check those out some of them i I looked at just a couple days ago very very good teams and it seems like those would have dried up by this point but not completely the case by any stretch the other thing as we move through the calendar here we're about 10 days away from that cut down so as FFPC dynasty managers are working through their team and trying to get to 16 players, that also foments a lot of trade activity. Colin, I like the little slip of the tongue there. It's not just about reanimating your team, but reimagining it. That part, so much fun. And we have a question here to start out about moving some of these elite veterans to get to the young stars. Every league is going to be a little bit different here in terms of how much you can get for them if people are willing to move them at all. I've been surprised at some of the absolute heists that have occurred where maybe you get 
a less experienced dynasty manager coming in, taking over an orphan, and then immediately, I wouldn't say washed up vets, but vets who basically have a season left, probably going to have a declining season, are immediately traded for young guys on the rise. It's unfortunate if you're not involved in those trades that some of the other teams have been able to get away with that kind of dynamic. Because one of the things that should happen in Dynasty is that if you're holding on to older players who are being drafted in the first, second round and redraft in a given season, you hold them to try and win that year, there should be a penalty. There should be a punishment, which is that you don't have the chance to get back out of them really at a profit the next season. That's one of the reasons why we do get pushback from time to time on this idea of a permanent championship window. We get pushed back from time to time on the idea of perpetual reloading because once a veteran gets to the point that you don't really want them anymore, then they don't have as much trade value. And so that is the tension. And the tension is very real. And yet I strongly believe that the concepts work extremely well in part because they will get you to the point where you have such a strong team that you can take a risk every once in a while on a veteran and maybe ride them to zero because the rest of your roster is so strong. Big picture, you obviously have to keep turning the talent over and you have to keep remembering that the young players are going to do more from a scoring perspective than it probably seems like at that point. 2023 is an interesting season because what we witnessed last year was a veteran-heavy redraft and best ball environment. And so that can make it feel like that's the way it's going to always be. When last year was a little bit of a unique season, I, I love that because... One of the things that the NFL does is it throws in seasons from time to time that will really put a wrench into any given line of reasoning that people are trying to use every single year. So every once in a while, you'll have zero running back not work very well. Every once in a while, you'll have the young players not work particularly well. Every once in a while, you'll have specific elements of an anchor running back maybe not work particularly well. Sometimes you'll have the QB window not work quite as well. But the great thing about that is that we do know as you go across multiple seasons that the fantasy managers who chase last year's unique dynamic are going to lose because it was unique for a reason and foundational concepts do carry through and they do win for you the vast majority of the time. If it were the case that you didn't have these unique seasons, then everyone would play efficiently. And you wouldn't, or the vast majority. I mean, you're still going to have beginners, and we want to have beginners. Beginners can become experts and big-time money winners very quickly. So there's certainly nothing wrong with beginners and people who make mistakes. You want to get in there. You want to learn. That's a great part of the process. Sometimes the most fun time period for any endeavor is when you are a beginner and you are learning and you are making mistakes. But you look at this big picture and people are going to draft very efficiently if you don't have these unique seasons. We don't really want that. I mean, obviously drafting has gotten a lot more efficient over the last four or five seasons. We don't want the dominant approaches to be so obvious that everyone is using them in every format, in every draft. Come take us into this question. Where are we looking at here? What is the kind of big picture scenario and then what are some of the specifics we're looking at player wise as we work through this particular listener question yeah i want to go back just you mentioned beginners and you mentioned the fun of 
I think last year one of the most fun things for my entire season was me, you and Ben doing the, the guillotine league, which we were all having our first attempt at. So, you know, getting in there and, and even a new format, not just a new player to fantasy football, but um yeah, those new things and also fresh mindset to to learn more skills, I think, is another part. When you are new to something, you can take in all the information for the first time is always a a nice challenge. But this one comes in, Sean, from somebody who mentions that they are a beginner it came in from clayton he has titled this email jamming that window open so he's talking about that permanent championship window he says hi column i'm a dynasty newbie only one year in the league under his belt but he said fortunately i discovered the road of his overtime podcast right around the time he decided to try dynasty and absolutely love learning from you and sean discussing dynasty strategy so that's what we're here for but says he values the insight and in particular the idea of perpetual reloading and keeping your championship window open did say he had on some beginner's luck he calls it in a startup draft last year but i think hopefully that's just smart decision making that continues throughout his dynasty run here but he is interested with the idea of continually reloading and playing to win every year obviously everyone wants to play to win every year but that is easier said than done sean you mentioned you know some people want to keep those veterans or trying to have those names that are i guess more popular from the previous year versus players who might be yet to break out he said he's tempted to run it back with the same core roster that he had in 2023 but he doesn't want to miss out on good opportunities to reload he's curious to hear some of our thoughts so i think with these questions something i like to do sean is rather than go into the specific team and the entire team going into the opportunities based on the strategic element of it so in terms of the overall question is he's wondering about trading younger players uh, for younger players sorry or for younger players plus picks and especially about getting out on guys who might be about to lose their value so players who are still quite popular he said based on his roster though the most likely trade candidates would be daniel jones austin eckler and debo samuel but he doesn't want to leave himself short at quarterback um the other part then that he also mentions is he's not sure if eckler or debo really sell highs right now obviously eckler's in a situation where depending on what happens with his contract scenario um i, I think the worst case there would be, you know, if he doesn't play, holds out. Obviously, you want Eckler to be on the field. But if he can work things out with the Chargers, it's probably the best place for him to be. But he also may end up in a, a very positive situation. So holding him at this exact second in time is probably the way to go. But when that contract situation sell, uh, I think he'll still be a sell high at that point based on what he was able to do. But other players he has, um, CEH, Gabe Davis, McCall Hardman are definitely not sell highs. I think I'd be holding on those guys true at this particular moment in time based on how their values have gone down, Sean. But the main question here is those players who may look as a key piece on your team now, let's just say an Austin Eckler, who I think fits pretty well into this based on his age. Other players on this roster, though, are Tyreek Hill, who I would be putting into that there scenario, I think, here. And I'm on Ross St. Brown as a younger player, but still has been in the league for a number of years. So I just wanted to mention both of those guys as potential players who would fit into this sort of scenario. Other players, Josh Allen's there, Justin Fields is there. Obviously very exciting quarterbacks in super flex formats, but we'll stick Sean to those veterans. And I think Eckler, Tyreek, and Debo are probably the main ones. And I would slide in Amon Ra for your consideration, but what are your thoughts on moving those sorts of players now looking for those younger players and potentially adding in picks with them and I, I would be willing depending on how the league is set up to to potentially go the opposite way with those players and picks for some of the top end rookies or not rookies at this point but younger players entering their third year their second year and kind of 
paying up with picks and a, a veteran player to get those younger players what are your thoughts because i do think with the likes of tyreek we're seeing wide receivers play for longer the veterans are kind of hanging around the the age where maybe they the the real elite options are going to start to fall off may add on a year or two as we move forward here with modern medicine and you know scientific research into how to keep your body in the best shape but eckler feels like somebody who although he has put up those massive numbers the cliff could be very close Debo has his injury concerns but Tyreek is somebody who's up there in age as well that that wasn't mentioned in the original email anyone there you'd be targeting to move this team is really interesting and this question is really interesting because so much of it comes down to what type of risk do you want as the team is currently constructed it has a fantastic starting lineup even though the second running back spot is a pretty big weakness and when you have that really strong starting lineup that's when you dominate your league and win a title when you stay healthy, right? The difference between this team with Eckler healthy and Eckler injured is the difference between being the overall favorite and really having to scratch and claw to make the playoffs at all. And if you miss the playoffs when you have Austin Eckler, then he's going to be difficult to trade the following season. I had a league last year where I worked really hard in the offseason to trade Austin Eckler and could not get it done because nobody was interested at the price. It was a half PPR league, which in some cases will make it more difficult to trade a player like Eckler, even though the actual scoring profile for someone who just scores that many points in general is still high, right? So you have someone, maybe he's difficult to trade because of the format. Maybe he's difficult to trade because of the age. I wasn't able to move him. And then I won the title at least in part because I hadn't moved him. I mean, he scored a ton of points. Everybody knows that Eckler was the key to 2022. And so you have some of those anecdotes that are going to come through over the years where you tried to move someone, failed, and then you were very lucky that you had failed. But I do think big picture, as we move forward, Eckler is a year older now. You have a lot of risk when you have a thin starting lineup you look at all the rest of the teams in your league and maybe some of the teams that even finished in the bottom four. Now they have a good pick in this year's draft. You're looking at them and saying, well, why were they bad? Were they bad because they let their team completely fall apart? Were they bad because they built a very young team and 2022 was terrible for young players? Were they bad because they had a great starting lineup and those guys got injured? And if you just have a starting lineup based dynasty team and the guys get hurt, then you do lose and your team is going to look awful. The question then is whether or not the values for those injured players are going to bounce back. And a lot of that is going to depend on age. The values for young players bounce back pretty substantially in most cases. The value for older players when they get hurt often never comes back. And so the risk if you stick with the strong starting lineup is injury-based and age-based in the fact that over time, and when I say over time, it's really a, a pretty short window your team is going to deteriorate and then you have to embark on a rebuild instead of a reload. And the rebuild can take a long time and be very frustrating, even though it's an interesting intellectual challenge. If you go the other direction and you move Eckler and you move Debo, maybe even move someone like an Amon Ra because what you should get back is so substantial. I mean, many fantasy managers are reluctant to ever move a young foundation player even though that can often be the guy that allows you to establish the broad floor that you can then continue this perpetual reload from so you move a couple of those guys 
and you get young and then you have a season like last year where the wide receivers don't score very well until the end someone like a Jamison Williams never scores and you go through this bumpy frustrating season where you're looking at the names on your roster and thinking I, I kind of like this I mean this team next year will probably be awesome but I didn't really anticipate being bad I especially didn't anticipate being bad after a year where I was in the championship game but the flip side of that could be that those guys come out and actually score and then you have a team that looks like an unstoppable juggernaut for a long time I guess the conflict here and the way to think about it is that either way you could lose if you don't think you could lose in the upcoming season then you've either built this perpetual reload type of team for a long time to where you have basically two times an elite starting lineup in that case even injuries are not going to hurt you that badly especially because if you don't need to wait for those guys to come back and give you the chance to be good at the end of the season then you can move them even if you move them at a little bit of discount you can continue to fill in behind right that's the value of having built this unstoppable juggernaut but if you're a normal dynasty team even a normal really good dynasty team the idea that there's no risk is, is simply not true so you have to choose your risk and your risk is then this year but then what does that mean for year two year three versus a team that you have the risk now and then year two year three things can really run off the rails again a lot of this is going to come down to the individual person what they feel like they're good at what they enjoy doing from a dynasty perspective but as i have framed that it becomes clear and obviously we talk about perpetual reloading so, so it's already clear which kind of risk we like to take because if you take the one risk of your players not being ready in time and not having enough high-end scoring because the guys are too young that's the kind of risk that as you build from it the team continues to be very very good the other type of risk is really dangerous yeah and one of those risks is kind of proactive and one's a little bit not even reactive almost just like staying where you are like the big risk with a team like this is you look two to three years into the future and Austin Eckler, Tyreek Hill and Debo Samuel are no longer factors like you know star factors in the NFL and then this team starts to have a lot of trouble obviously a lot of rookie picks and other ways of taking in other players but to build out that depth you you also mentioned Sean about being able to kind of have that secondary squad almost that you could have as your starting lineup as well and I think that is the way to look at the depth here is is very limited so you have a team start but if anything happens and then when bye weeks come in there's a lot of different scenarios that could make it very very tricky to to be confident in that week's starting lineup the other question sean that when he mentioned daniel jones was he doesn't want to leave himself short of quarterback and in brackets he put his injury insurance a consideration here with josh allen with justin fields i would be happy in that situation to to trade away either daniel jones or brock party i think based on the contract situation with him and the giants i think you're likely to get more but, uh, more return for Daniel Jones and the Brock Purdy obviously injury I wouldn't be afraid at all there to to move Daniel Jones I know he's one of your favorite kind of more value quarterbacks in fantasy but in this situation I think you can continue to really reload the team by keeping those two elite quarterbacks on the roster and I agree with that completely Daniel Jones someone I have ranked really high and so if you move him you've got to get a lot and it might even be something where you move Justin Fields instead, even though Justin Fields is one of our very favorite players, because you can get so much and the injury risk with Fields is there. One of the reasons why I think in scenario A or scenario B that we just talked about, either one of those are compelling is that when you have Josh Allen and Justin Fields, 
you're going to be a competitor for the title and you don't want to necessarily bypass any of those seasons at the same time if you move your stars and get really young and the young players are not able to put up enough points in 2023 one of the things that could happen is that justin fields and josh allen score so many points themselves that they drag that entire team into the playoffs. Maybe you don't get a buy, which is a problem. We want to try and get as many buys as possible. It's just so easy to lose those playoff games due to bad luck. But you drag that team into the playoffs, and at that point already, the young guys then are ready to score. A Christian Watson is ready to be an impact player. A Garrett Wilson maybe is luckier at the quarterback position and scores a lot of points. And obviously those guys are into year two. We expect them to be awesome this coming year. The versions of them who are in this year's draft Maybe those guys are ready to score at that point. Maybe you've been able to use zero RB and the chaos to get your running back position strong. This team has a Pat Fryermuth. Maybe he's giving you a ton at the tight end position to give you that big competitive advantage. Especially, I think, when you're so powerful at QB, the temptation to get young with this and to be unstoppable for a decade, I think that's hard to give up. You don't ever want to trade QBs in Superflex without getting a ton. So this is something where you put Daniel Jones out there and you wait. Because if you move him at a discount to what you could get, you're going to always regret this, regret that. But I think that you should move him if you get the package that he deserves. Looking at Superflex, and I tend to play it in a more risky way than a lot of other drafters. We talk about zero running back and from 2013 to just very very recently that was such a huge advantage because most people were not doing it and didn't understand the power of it i think that we're in a similar case in superflex not exactly with zero qb but with taking risks at quarterback and to be thinner at qb than maybe some of your league mates are now that doesn't mean that you ever want to give away a josh allen or justin fields once you're there you want to lean into that but if you have a third quarterback a fourth quarterback You've got to look at that as potential ways to make the rest of your lineup so strong to move picks into the future so you have multiple firsts in multiple seasons going forward. And that depth at the QB position, yeah, don't give it away. But at the same time, we talked about how I, I think there were like 20 backups that factored into the 2022 season. You want to be aggressive in going out and stacking those guys into the back of your roster as opposed to maybe having – you know, very low upside running backs or wide receivers who are never really worth anything. If you get a, a third, fourth QB backups at that point in time, sometimes you're able to just then simply move those guys for a package that means something. But you can build out that depth through working the free agent wire, or if your league is very, very deep and even all the backups are on teams, the backups are rostered you know, move for some of those guys or at least be proactive in terms of adding some backups of your own. That's the way that I would address the QB depth as opposed to hanging on to a player who could really, as you mentioned at the beginning, could really reimagine your entire team. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. The final part, Sean, looking at this is that risk is, you know, you mentioned potentially even moving Justin Fields. When you're making those moves, it never really feels great to be moving on a player who's, you know, a star player and feels like a foundation piece. But that is what keeps that window open. Because when you keep them past the time that you can get the most out of those players, then you're obviously going to not get the return and you're going to be left with a, a less valuable team or, you know, less valuable picks, for example, to, to be able to continue to build that out. So the toughest part is sometimes making those moves. You have to make uncomfortable decisions and, and, and moves to, to help continue to improve that roster. And if you're looking to keep that window jammed open, as, as Clayton has mentioned here, and the email, I think that's the, the way to do it and, and trying to get that balance off risk as, as sean has mentioned in his response there the other part i want to thank clay for sending in this question sean he gets bonus points here with the final line he writes slantia so throwing in some irish into it uh very impressed with uh, clay's fin- finality to this uh, email but thanks again for that question coming in but sean speaking of risk it seems to be a theme of today's show the word has been used more on this podcast than i think any other ot podcast in history but adamson's in a question he also mentioned, Sean, he is part of the 100% Howell Rostership Club. So another <laughs> seems like a lot of people listening and continue that trend here, even moving forward. But uh, one of his things here that I thought really stood out that was interesting, it is about risk. His league has a hefty bonus for being the first team to win three championships in this dynasty format. So each year, $350 out of the $850 total pot goes into this champion's pot. So the first person to win it, three times will take that pot home at the minute there has been three years for this league three different champions so they're all at one each but that means the minimum pot for that rollover kind of reward is twenty one hundred dollars so a minimum of two years would be required to, to move forward so we're we're looking at some serious bucks when it it does get one he has won one off those three so he's wondering if he can go and win another two to get that prize pot interesting part of it though sean my question for you is when it's a situation where there is kind of a an incentive 
to win multiple leagues. Obviously, you want to win them to to win the leagues, to get the bragging rights and to win the, the prize money at the end of it. But when it's a situation where there is so much off the prize pool basically going towards this pot and the pot is obviously racking up the dollars over the years, what are your thoughts on really front-loading the team to go win now? Or do you think it's better to to just stick to your normal principles and to, to try and build out that roster that continues to perpetually reload i think i think i know the answer as i ask you this question but i wanted to put it to you anyway this is an interesting specifics on it i'm in a similarly the one i mentioned that i failed to move eckler and one has a bonus every three years which is a little very different than this setup but one where you know that you're moving to this bonus season and it, it wants you to kind of think long term but also aggressively to where if you can win the bonus year it's worth more than winning the other seasons and so as you're trying to work through your schedule of peaking and maybe falling off a little bit you could try and target the bonus i've been lucky enough to win the bonus one but the way that you do that is simply by building the best overall team and then you need to get lucky in the right season right so you look at this particular roster and it is older at wide receiver he mentions that he's traded A.J. Brown, Brock Purdy, and a 2024 second for Justin Jefferson. That's a big package and yet a really cool package because Justin Jefferson, that foundation piece hopefully for the next decade, has Devonta Adams, has Stephon Diggs, has Keenan Allen. Those are three players where if you could get out of them and not lose a ton of scoring, I think that now is the right time. And so even as you're trying to win that second championship, my preference would probably be to reload this maybe lose the 2023 season and dominate 2024 2025 try and win the second and third titles there keenan allen someone i would keep because i don't think that his perception is as high as his reality scoring is going to be for 2024 or at least what it's set up to be he could get hurt he's been hurt sometimes in the past keenan allen after a, a slow start to his career as a player from an injury perspective, actually missed very few games through the bulk of his career. Wasn't particularly healthy last year. If he bounces back and is healthy in 2024, I think he'll be an impact player. Devontae Adams and Stephon Diggs, maybe the two most interesting players at the receiver position in all of Dynasty because they're still first, second round picks in almost all redraft formats. Because they scored well last year, you should be able to get a ton from them. They are definitely win-now players. And we know that it's there's no guarantee these guys are going to fall off. You could move them now, and three years from now, you're still looking at them scoring big points and thinking, what have I done? But that's why it does matter how you execute these trades. And so if you can get what I have on the site in terms of rankings value, so multiple firsts for both of them. And multiple firsts doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to go out and get the 101, the 102, the 103, or that you're going to get the 2024 first plus a young star from the worst team in the league. You can't always execute the trade that way, but you're going to be thinking in terms of that type of thing. How can I build a package of depth and upside to where there are so many different ways to win the trade and really only one way to lose, which would be that Adams or Diggs goes out there and is again a star and has more longevity to his career than you would expect. Winning and building these permanent championship windows does require 
you to make some moves that, as you mentioned, Colin, are uncomfortable and some moves that could fail to work out. If you're out there only making moves that are guaranteed to work in your favor, either you're exploiting some really weak managers in your league, and I, I understand that that is a part of Dynasty, but it's probably not the cool part. Uh, but the other thing is just that you're going to be holding these guys to zero. If your team is good enough overall, that that does work out sometimes. If you've gotten to a situation where you have the clearly the best team, and this team is fantastic, and you want to win these titles now, you want to get the bonus money, maybe you're concerned that the league is not going to stick around. That part is real. If you don't think the league is going to be one that is still going in a decade, you have to look at it from a slightly different perspective. But I think you could move some of these guys. Now, the note here is that Cooper Cup is on a bad team that needs to completely rebuild. And so one of the things that you could do would be to look to move Diggs and Adams yourself, maybe after you've acquired Cooper Cup to give you that scoring for the near future. If you can get him below market and then move your guys, not necessarily even above market, but for the kind of package that gives you a lot of ways to win, then that's something you could do. So a lot of people think of it in very narrow terms when they're building their team of, okay, I'm win now or I'm rebuilding. I'm win now, I'm rebuilding. I can take old players or I can't. When that's not true. If you can get values in both directions, acquire old players and move old players, and both of those work in the right direction for you, you can do both of those things. It doesn't have to be an either or. Tying it back into the, the previous question, linking it in with this though, players like Adams, players like Diggs, Obviously, they're, like you mentioned, going in those opening rounds of redraft or best ball. Adams is going to turn 31 this December, the 24th. Uh, and then we have Diggs, who's going to turn 30 in November. And their situation, Sean, like they may in three years' time still be doing it at age you know, 33 and 34, respectively. Historically, that is not the case. The players continue to be elite at that particular point of their career. And, you know, Devontae Adams is one of my favorite players of all time. I hope he's still doing it at that point. But, they are for me two players who are definitely if you're trying to keep that window open you could move them now it's still a substantial value you mentioned Keenan Allen can't move him at a substantial value so holding on to him but those two guys are two guys I think you could move on this roster for sure the other one on the question with Cup I think I would still be trying to move Adams and Diggs to get younger and with that scenario in my head I wouldn't be probably trying to add Cup to this team because I think we're going to, you know, two years down the road be, and probably even one year down the road be in the same situation. So I think it's interesting, but Adams and Diggs for me, whether it's this roster or anyone else playing, Sean, do you agree with me that they are both players who the, the, the peak of their value is probably right now? And if we wait 12 months, we may see it, but historically it's it's unlikely to continue to over the next, you know, two, three years to, to be at as productive as it has been. Well, you think how much the perception of Diggs has changed just because his last month one not even one season <laughs> right because if he had finished the season as strongly as the first two thirds had been I mean he'd be a top five pick right now and he's still someone who goes very early he should go early but a bad month changes the way that we look at things I don't even necessarily know that I think that Adams and Diggs won't be scoring well in three years the issue is that in order to maintain the trade value, they've got to score like unbelievable superstars. And in order for them to score in a way that 
would make it a bad trade for you if you execute the trade properly and get enough different pieces that have enough different ways to win. Maybe you move for three pieces and two of them don't even work out, but the third one works out in a massive way that five years from now, that's the best player on your team. That's the kind of thing that you're looking at. Now, you don't want two of the three pieces that you get back to bust, but you have to be realistic in terms of what the different things that could happen would be. But for that kind of trade to not work for you, it's not just that Adams or Diggs would need to be in the NFL, but they would need to still be scoring at, at huge levels. I mean, you have very good players who are very good older players who continue to score. I mean, Larry Fitzgerald scored a lot late. You know, Terrell Owens scored a lot late. Randy Moss scores. I mean, the stars are going to hold their value better. And we see that for the aging curves, if you don't get hurt, that the better the player is, the more likely they are that they score in their 30s just because they have a little bit they can lose and still be very, very good. Where the vast majority of players, you lose even a like a tenth of a step and you're just a guy. right? That's not as much the case for the Stars. They could continue to score, but that doesn't mean that the move isn't to trade them in Dynasty right now. The other thing that I think that you can do, you can acquire Cup, you can hold on to those players in terms of Adams and Diggs and let them score the first half of the season for you. Make sure you're getting into that position where you're going to get a buy. And it feels weird to say, okay, I'm going to hold them and not move them in the off season, but you can hold them, get into a good position in your league and then move them mid season. Even if you're the best team, I think for a lot of people and even for myself, once they're scoring well for you in season and you're kind of on schedule for accomplishing the first the, the buy hopefully the first overall seed and you're thinking well now i can't trade them because i'm in the right position but that's actually what you wanted to have happens so they came out they scored well they maintained their dynasty value the tricky part then is that the teams who are most likely to want them are other competitors but you also have more information about some of the young players at that point too you have a half season to evaluate them maybe you can tell that they're about to blow up or just that they've lost a lot of value one of the moves that we made last season that was huge was acquiring christian watson right before he exploded now that wasn't because we had some incredible insight or foresight or could tell the future and knew that was going to happen it's simply looking at the various contingencies and saying okay well watson has lost a lot of value so what he would need to do now to justify a trade or to be a good trade is less and then you make the move and you get the 99th percentile outcome. You don't always get that. Sometimes you get a 10 percentile outcome and you're like, well, even though the price was in our favor, it didn't really work out. But you've got to be looking at that and thinking about the different scenarios and the different ways that you could win, the different packages that give you multiple outs. That's going to be the way that you build the depth and you build a championship window. And you can do it in season, even though there are some risks attached to that. And then, Sean, moving in, and thanks again to Adam for sending that question in. But the last question today comes in from Eric. And this is one I feel can be quite, uh, quite a, depending on your league and depending on the time that it has happened, can be one that can be frustrating for people in their leagues. I, I never really have a problem with trading, uh, you know, free agent budget. But the question came in is based on Eric's league at the moment and wondering about owners being allowed to trade their fab budget. So he thinks it creates a league imbalance. Um, he appreciates that you know it is loud and it's in the league but some teams in leagues will trade their entire budget for something that probably isn't as valuable as it, the overall budget for your entire season to try and get those free agents which 
for anyone out there, try not to trade away your entire budget. Um, you'll need that to try and pick up players off the waiver wire. But Sean, what's your thoughts? And I know you, we can't do anything league to league, but I think most leagues it's it's used fairly. Um, and to be honest, in most leagues, I mean, I don't see a huge amount of trades being done with bad budget. But what what's your thoughts on being allowed to trade your free agent acquisition budget? I like it. I wish that that, that I mean, if I could add one tiny little tweak, that would be easy to the Rotoviz Triflex leagues at the FFPC. It would be that you could trade some of your fab budget. I think it creates some more flexibility. It creates for some interesting trades. I, you just kind of hope that most of the managers in your league are at least evaluating their own process and getting kind of the feedback from other managers, but also going back and doing sort of a debrief or a postseason grade card for themselves to look at what worked and what didn't work. And if you're making a trade like this where you give away all of your ability to go after free agents for one player whose upside is minimal, then you're probably not, again, understanding the way probabilities work. And so that part of it can be difficult to educate people on, but you want to kind of work through with your league mates you know, why it's a good thing. One of the things that people don't like is if you make a move and then someone else in the league comes in and be like, why did you do that? You just allowed the other manager to completely exploit you. Well, I mean, you're more likely to get blocked than to get into a great conversation. But there are ways to, you know, open those conversations up and make sure people understand the value of different things in the league so you can have good trades. Because if everyone understands the value of it, then it increases the flexibility and allows both managers to make moves that benefit them. Again, the idea of making a lot of trades is your trade should be win-win for you and the opposing manager. It should be a loss for the other 10 managers. So the more things that you can do that are cool, the more ways that a manager who is friendly and opens up a lot of trade negotiations, the more ways that that person can win. But we don't want to see these really unbalanced types of trades. Something that could happen here might be a, a nice little tweak would be to have just some sort of basic guardrails on this that the fab budget can only be traded to 50% or can only be traded to 75% before a certain date. One of the things you can potentially do here to balance out the concern or the risk that managers who maybe haven't evaluated their process or don't understand how fab works is that you can put some guardrails in some simple guardrails. Well, you can only trade 50% before a certain time of the year, or can only trade 50% overall, something to make sure that everybody keeps a little bit, or you don't have these extremely lopsided trades. That's something I believe that we've talked about. And Ben has emphasized on stealing bananas, something where you can keep from having really lopsided trades for teams that are threatening to win the title where the rebuilding teams can only trade one of their highest scoring players as opposed to completely decimate their roster and give up a bunch of guys for packages that simply can't be worth it coming back to their direction. You don't want to have a situation where it's a win for both managers who are making the trade, but it's a win much larger for one than the other, and it's a tragic loss for the other 10, right? The competitive balance is so skewed in those situations that that's what you want to avoid in your league. So I guess I would encourage doing it. I think it's fun. If it has been a consistent problem in the league, proposing some very simple, hopefully not too complicated, and hopefully something that's doable with your league's software, but a simple rule to eliminate the very worst 
of these sorts of trades. And not just for this specific question, but that's something to consider across the board if you're having trouble with one-sided trades or trades where someone who is a lot less active is really being consistently exploited by the most active managers in your league. Yeah, I think the key is to it's it's hard, Sean, to put those safeguards in place without like, you know, singling out somebody. I think the ideal time to do that is before the league starts in the bylaws, but once the league is up and running, it can be very hard to be like, you know, somebody has traded away their entire fab budget, but here's a new law. It's not nothing to do with you, but it's for next season. We're taking this into place with you. Uh, keep those fab dollars. You're going to need them to pick up those key players as you go through. It's amazing the players each and every season that you can pick up, even on the dynasty waiver wires and the deepest of leagues that are kind of going under the radar or maybe haven't hit yet or have been cut and then things bounce back in a, a perfect storm for them. So good question there from Eric as well. Thanks to everyone who sent in questions for today's show, including Adam and Clay as well. If you're interested in sending in a question, you have a topic that you would like to hear discussed. I know a lot of these tend to be dynasty questions that are submitted, um, but that there is, we get a lot of dynasty questions this time of the year. If it's a non-dynasty related question, best ball, redraft, whatever it may be, send them in as well. You can send them to me at Overtime Ireland or you can email them across at overtimeireland at gmail.com. That's going to bring us to an end of today's show, Sean. Um, so we're looking forward to continuing. I'm getting a niche for a couple of more of these uh, off-season baseball drafts as well as we talk through these shows. As we get ready to finish today's episode, anything else left to, uh, to mention? Go out, grab those Dynasty orphans, reanimate your team or a new team, Jump in over at Underdog, use the code RotoViz and get a 100% deposit match up to $100. Colin, you and I have some fun drafts we've done over at the FFPC as well. It's never too early to get into best balls, never too early to get into super flex. Colin, we could do a couple whole shows on how zero QB early on was the super flex approach that worked. Our Baker Mayfield selection uh, it looks okay now. I don't think it's going to be the Geno Smith from last year. But if you've been listening to the show, there are so many fun ways that you can get out there and actually play fantasy football right now if your specific home league is currently quiet. And there's nothing wrong with your home league being quiet right now. But if it is quiet and you want to play some, we've got some great opportunities out there for you. Yeah, and all those different, all the formats, we talk about it a lot, but when you're playing the different formats, it kind of each one of them sharpens your thought process in a, a slightly different way so keeps a, a rounded out profile as well but we will be talking much more about all those different formats as we move forward here on road of his overtime drop us a written interview on your favorite podcast app i did mention this last week but you can now leave writings on spotify which uh, would be very very helpful to us if you could go and drop a written on the road of his overtime podcast feed drop them on the other road of his podcast that you do enjoy as well we really appreciate that across the entire network my name is colin kelly you can follow me on twitter at over tomorrow and my co-host is Sean Siegel. Until we are back with another Road of His OT, have a good one. Thank you for listening to Overtime and Road of His Radio. Please rate and review the Road of His Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at roadofhisradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Road of His Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Road of His with a discount through the Road of His Radio homepage, roadofhis.com forward slash podcast. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? 
what do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.